Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In today's identity episode, we will be talking about the power of childlike faith and the Heavenly Father. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. You know, Jesus himself really highlighted the importance of the name Heavenly Father as this was the primary way he referred to God and himself as the Son of God. If you're like me, your father association is not idyllic. I think many would say the relationship with their natural father does not inspire thoughts of unconditional love. Unfortunately, because of this, many of us struggle to connect with the Heavenly Father because our fathers were not people for whom we felt particularly safe or loved. This negative association makes connecting with the Heavenly Father a bit of a challenge for some, but it is the very reason that it is so critical for us to meet the Heavenly Father and overcome these issues. In John 14, 16, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Later in that chapter, the disciples asked Jesus to tell them more about the Heavenly Father, and he replied in John 14, 7, If you have known me, you would have known my Father. Also from now on, know him because you have seen me. The connection with the Heavenly Father was so crucial in Jesus' life on earth as our Savior and Redeemer that he could not live a single day without unity with his Father not even a single moment. In the book of John, Jesus says repeatedly that he can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the Father doing. See John 5, 19, and 30. Then he declares that the works he did bore witness to the Father that sent him, meaning he was being directed by the Father. See John 5, 36, 37, and John 8, 18. He also asserts that he could do nothing of himself, but he can only speak as the Father told him to speak and do what he has seen the Father doing, John 8.28 and John 8.38. He states that he did not speak of his own authority, but that the Father commanded him what he should do and what he would say in John 12.49. Jesus was demonstrating that his connection with the Holy Father was united intertwined, Jesus and his Father sharing the exact same characteristics, executing the Father's will by every action that he took. We are to emulate Jesus, and that would mean that we would do only what Jesus does and shows us to do. When I was writing my How to Live a Worry-Free Life book, the Lord revealed himself to me by distinguishing his omni-characteristics. I like to call that the isness of God. That is, these are the things that God is, was, and always will be, regardless of us. He was these things before he even created the earth or people or anything in it. If he was these things before he created us, then we cannot be a factor for him being those things. Keeping that in mind, we are going to break down the four omni-characteristics of God. God is omnibenevolent, omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. The word omni means all. Now, if God is all of something, 
That means we can't be or have that characteristic apart from him. At the very core, God is love. And benevolence is a word that encompasses all the characteristics of that love. Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the results of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. God is omniscient. God knows all and is the source of all knowledge and wisdom. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our majestic and mighty Lord, and abundant in strength. His understanding is inexhaustible, infinite and boundless. There is nothing to know that he does not know, and he exists outside of time and space, so he knows everything that there ever was to know or ever will be to know. God is omnipresent. He is self-existing. That means that he had no beginning and has no end. He is everywhere present, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he sees all. He never leaves or forsakes us. In Job 34:21, it says, For God's eyes are on the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. God is omnipotent. That means that God is all-powerful. He is the Almighty God. All strength comes from Him. In 1 Corinthians 29.11, it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty indeed. Thing that is in the heavens and on earth is your dominion and kingdom, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. I wanted to ask the Lord what he had to say about how all these omni things rolled up into one heavenly father. And I asked, Lord, help me understand your name, heavenly father. And he said, when you think of me as your father, I don't want you to filter me through the lens of your natural father. Even if your earthly father did the best job he could, looking at me this way will severely limit your understanding of the truth of me as the heavenly father. No one is perfect apart from me. It's better if you picture me as super dad. Reflect for a moment on my omni-truths. Imagine me as a father that is perfectly fair in all circumstances, who unconditionally loves you, who sees you, and has been with you every moment of your life. I live outside of time and space, so I've already seen how your life turns out. You can trust me to guide you. I am a perfectly wise dad. There is no area of your life that I can't guide you. After all, I am the truth, and I hold all knowledge and wisdom in the palm of my hands. I will protect you and fight your battles for you because I am your strength. I am the Father that builds you up and guides you along the paths of your perfect destiny. As your safe Father, I can never break a promise. There is no fear in coming to me, only unconditional love. I am Super Dad. You can encounter me a super dad, even if you have had an unloving father. I can heal those negative associations and give you a far more satisfying adult childhood. It's time to be a kid again. Just let me show you how. It was a few years after I started my doctorate program that the essential nature of childlike faith was highlighted for me. 
I was praying for a woman who was suffering with chronic pain, and the Lord revealed that her condition for healing was that she had to forget everything she thought she knew about God, come to him like a child, believe him for her healing, and then she would be healed. This woman really struggled with this, and she just couldn't get it. The condition really stuck with me, though, and I was pondering it a lot over the next several days. One of my students at the time, Isabel de Klerk, was doing her dissertation on the power of childlike faith, and I was her dissertation advisor. Looking at her deep dive into the topic and its connection with the timing of this other lady's condition for her healing prompted me to do my own biblical study on childlike faith. When I was first learning the four keys to hearing God's voice that we use to experience Jesus, Dr. Verkler mentioned that it was helpful to imagine yourself as a child when experiencing Jesus, but I didn't grab it right away. I had been experiencing Jesus as an adult for about two years before I learned this lesson. And then Jesus gave me a dream. It was right in this season I had this dream, much like the movie of the 1960s called Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. I was at the foot of a large bed. There were other people in the front of the bed trying to make it fly. They were twisting the bed knobs and were flying up in the air and immediately dropping back to the ground. It was a jarring experience. I was holding on to the edge of the bed shouting, you're making this too difficult. And it was so much easier than you think. I was so frustrated. And then I woke up and I asked the Lord to help me understand the dream. Then he said, you've been trying to help people that are struggling with their faith. Their unbelief is a barrier to their healing. Miracles seem illogical to them, like being able to fly in a bed. But childlike faith is essential to living the victorious Christian life. Essential. Hmm. I thought, that's a powerful word. I better find out why. Mark 10, 13 to 16 says, People were bringing their children to him, and he would touch and bless them. But the disciples reprimanded them and discouraged them from coming. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to allow them, Allow the children to come to me. Do not forbid them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever does not receive and welcome the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took the children one by one in his arms and blessed them with kind and encouraging words, placing his hands upon them. Jesus said to me, remember the story of Peter Pan when he went to the bedroom of the children and taught them about flying, Peter told them that if they had pixie dust sprinkled on them and thought about happy thoughts and then spoke them out loud, by the way, and believed, then they would fly. So Peter sprinkled fairy dust on them and they spoke happy words, ice cream, Christmas, puppies, and then they were able to fly. Oh, yes, Lord. I do remember that. I used to watch that movie with my daughter over and over when she was a kid. Then he continued, The fairy dust is like the magical power of childlike faith. The happy thoughts are the biblical truths that we need to declare out loud because they agree with God's truth. 
leaping is like stepping out in faith that what you're praying for has already true and real. Remember that faith is not seeing and then believing. It's believing before you see because it is already true in my heavenly realm. A simple act of faith makes it manifest in the natural world. Then he gave me sort of a formula. And he said, childlike faith plus speaking biblical truths plus faithful action equals victory, freedom, and healing. He continued, all three of these steps are necessary for victory. Miss a part of the formula and the equation doesn't work. An insincere heart speaking truth without faith or action will only benefit so much. A lack of cooperation also reveal a lack of faith. For some to come to me with childlike faith is a significant challenge. They have had so much untrue and limiting programming about me in their lives that it's hard to separate the truth for them. Look at it like a computer that has a lot of viruses in it. And what needs to happen is a computer reset where you set it back to before it was wrecked. Some stuff may be lost when there's a computer reset, but it is like getting a brand new computer. Go back to the time when you were not yet spoiled by a religious spirit or wounded by rejection or the pain of life's circumstances, judgments, or the loss of innocence. Get a photo of yourself between the ages of four and eight. Meditate on that photo and the memories of an incredibly happy time and all the happy thoughts connected with it. Remember what it was like to be that age. And I know for many there was pain even at that age. But ask me to show you a memory where you are happy and innocent. I was there. You have many, many more happy memories than you think, and I remember them all. Then, while still relating to your younger self, meet me in the special place and let me take you on a sweet adventure that will remind you who you were and who you still really are to me. Meeting me as a child will help you get over your unbelief and give you the faith you need to work through the rest of the formula that leads to victory, freedom, and healing. We are actually going to do that exercise at the end of this podcast. But before we do, I wanted to share a few more things. In the trailer episode, we learned about the four keys to hearing God's voice. And we learned about the alpha brainwave being the frequency of God's TV channel. We also learned that that children between the ages of two and eight live primarily in that brainwave. Getting back to Dr. Isabel de Klerk and her Power of Childlike Faith lessons, some of what she learned is that children between the ages of zero and eight experience life with the senses of their heart. Their brains are simply wired this way. They do not think rationally. They think intuitively. Children at that age live in absolutes. They are completely happy or completely sad. They are playful or sleeping. They're laughing or crying. Their faith capacities are still intact, and their inner senses are pure. Our culture spoils all of that as we grow older. Communication in our culture rewards logic and rationalization over emotions, imagination, and intuition. When children in the educational system quickly learn what is rewarded and not not rewarded, 
they lose some of this ability, and so did we. Your inner child begins to be stifled, and we begin to struggle with faith and belief. But when we can retrain ourselves to put ourselves into the alpha mode, picturing ourselves as a child, we can reconnect with our inner self that is already connected and wired to God and communicates with Him easily. So the first thing we need to learn is how do we quiet ourselves both internally and externally. To quiet yourself externally requires limiting the noises and distractions in your environment. That's just the basic level of quieting yourself down. But what we really need is to learn how to turn inwardly and quiet our spirits. Imagining yourself as a child causes you to turn in and connect with your inner child. And that part of you knows already how to perfectly connect with God. I'm going to share with you the difference between an adult and a childlike experience on the two walking on water encounters I've had with Jesus. It was a fascinating awareness that when you picture yourself as a five-year-old child in the spirit, you think, feel, and behave like a five-year-old child when you're with Jesus in your encounter. Two years before learning this lesson, the Lord had me experience walking on water as Peter did in the Bible. On a side note, any story in the Bible for which you would like to understand better, you can ask the Lord to take you there and experience it with him. We will go over that strategy in a greater detail on another podcast. I had been meditating on the Ocean Song by Hillside United. The song has a section which is about walking on water, and the Lord took me to that scene and I experienced it. Below was my recounting of that first experience. In this encounter, I'm picturing myself as an adult. I was reading the Bible story about when Jesus and Peter walked on water, when the ocean song began playing in my spirit. I love when the Lord brings a song to my mind, when he wants me to learn something. This is another one of the ways he communicates. I asked the Lord to show me the scene personally. I was on a boat. It was rocking back and forth violently. Water was pouring over the ship at each wave. I was terrified. Someone said they could see a figure, maybe a ghost. It was Jesus calmly walking toward the boat. The water was washing over him, but his stride was steady. He was not affected by the storm. I imagined myself being Peter, wanting to walk out to Jesus. I started with so much courage. I jumped out of the boat and began walking on the water. I had a rush of adrenaline and it felt so good. I was so brave. I just kept looking at Jesus, taking one step at a time. Then a wave engulfed me and I was terrified. I started to sink and felt panic rise up in me. I could suddenly feel the violence of the water and I went far below the surface. Then I felt Jesus grab my arm. He effortlessly lifted me into his arms and kept walking toward the boat. Then he gently tossed me out of the boat and then told the storm to calm down and the waters were still. Jesus turned and said, You did just fine when your eyes were fixed on me. Keep your eyes fixed on me and you will always be safe. No storm can overtake you when your eyes are fixed on me. That was a fantastic and important lesson to learn. Keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus is actually one of the key secrets to living a worry-free and abundant Christian life. 
and will be addressed often in this podcast. A couple years later, while I was in the midst of the childlike faith research, I heard the ocean song on the radio, and it took me back to my encounter. Then the Lord spoke into my spirit, Patty Cake, I want you to have that walk on water experience again. Only now, come to me as a child. Instantly I was there. I was jumping like a kid in a puddle. Jesus and I were splashing and giggling. It was great fun. Then the big wave came over my head, and all I did was cling to Jesus. I just grabbed on and I wouldn't let go. That's what kids do. They grab onto the one that they trust to take care of them. Kids don't worry about the bills or jobs or taxes. When something scary happens, they cling to the person that makes them feel safe. I know that many of you have had crummy childhoods. I know mine was not all peaches and cream. And some of you had to grow up way too fast and can't even remember a happy childhood moment. But Jesus was there, and he knows that there is an innocent, loving, trusting kid inside of you. He can help you find that child in you again. I have noticed something about my inner child for whom I encounter with Jesus. She is more confident and happier than I remember being as a child because she is the real inner me, my Christ child of God, that he sees me as all the time, not the one that was already being quenched by the world or imperfect parenting. Allow your inner child to break forth and you will see major healing in your life. We address this more in future episodes about healing. Once when I was teaching this topic in a small group, one lady confessed that she didn't have a single happy memory of her childhood. And if you knew her story, you would not be surprised. But she prayed that Jesus would show her at least one loving, innocent, and trusting memory for which she can reconnect to her inner child. God gave her five. He had been with her every moment of her life from the point of conception, and he has a perfect memory. No matter what kind of childhood you had or natural father experience you had, the Lord can heal you and bless you when you learn to come to him as a child. At the end of this podcast, when we're doing our Remember Me Experience Jesus exercise, the Lord is going to take you to happy memories that you had as a child you will re-experience those memories. Only this time you will see Jesus with you, because he was with you. You just didn't see him there then. He can even adjust your memory to be more about where he was and what he was doing. In one such example of this came from a student of mine who was taken back to a moment in his life when at 11 years old, he got the Grand Slam home run in a championship game for his Little League in the last inning when the team was behind. Winning that game was the highlight of his childhood memories. Mom and dad were losing their minds with joy in the bleachers. That felt awesome. But in this experience, Jesus came running onto the field, lifted him up in the air, swung him around and told him that he loved him and that he was so proud of them. This would have been 15 years before this man had even accepted Christ. God was there for you, too, cheering you on long before you even accepted him as your Savior. He will teach you something from those happy times. I had a dream one night where I had a missions trip to my inner child. I dreamt that the ladies from the Spirit Life Circle were meeting at a camp. I saw my sister drive up as an adult, but when she opened the car door, she was a five-year-old girl. 
We were all five-year-old girls. I hugged her, and we turned around and saw the welcome banner over the camp, and it said, Missions Trip to the Inner Child. Jesus was our camp counselor, and we had such an amazing day of fun with him. We swam in the pool, rolled down the hill, finger-painted, drew pictures, we sang songs, we laughed a lot with Jesus. Then Jesus told us to get some flowers and to bring them back to him as a gift. We were running all over the grass, picking up the dandelions and making them into bouquets in our tiny little hands. Remember that dandelion weeds were flowers to you when you were a child? One of the kids squealed with delight because she had found the biggest patch of roses. Then we stood in line, much like kids do when they're waiting for their turn with Santa. And then, one at a time, we climbed upon his lap, gave him our flower gifts, and then he talked to each of us like we're the only child there. He smiled, and then he whispered the truth that would set us free in each of our ears. When I woke up from the dream, I was reflecting that I really did feel five years old again. I had carefree thoughts, innocence, trust of a child. The Lord wanted the ladies from my spirit life circle to experience this as well. So he told me to have the ladies prepare for that experience at our next meeting. Day of our circle, I brought finger paints, colored pencils, scented markers and crayons, drawing tablets, coloring books, Play-Doh. The smells and activities took us back to our days in kindergarten. And as we did our opening prayer and listened to our worship song, we played with these materials. Many remembered and recreated a specific picture that they would constantly draw in kindergarten, like a house with a pathway or a tree with horses and a barn. When it was time to journal, I led them through the encounter of the same experience I had in the dream, culminating with us sitting on Jesus' lap and having him whisper the truth that would set us free. Some people were taken back to memories that Jesus healed in that very moment. Others received physical healings that day. It was miraculous. Jesus can do so much when our hearts are open for him to reach us. You can also have that experience on my pattysadala.com slash experience hyphen Jesus page. There is a missions trip to the inner child encounter listed on that website. It's also included in the Encountering the Love of God book that I have for sale in the links below. I have had so many more adventures with Jesus as a child, and in fact, I always encounter him as a child now. When we imagine ourselves as children, our trust and faith have no boundaries. We are much more open to receiving from God in this heart posture. It is important to note that even though you are a child in your spirit, your childlike self does know your adult concerns and worries. Your childlike self just does not respond to them in the same manner as your adult self does. There is an innocence and an openness in your childlike spirit that allows the Lord to break through and help you believe him easier than you could as an adult. For this reason, I always approach the Lord as a child since I learned this key lesson. In fact, our spirit life circle was asking the Lord about spiritual anchors one day. That is the thing that will help you instantly turn inward and connect with God whenever you need to. I assume that God would bring up my special place, as it is always the place that I can go that I know I can see him, and it is a spiritual anchor for sure. But this is what he actually said. 
He said, it's not as much about the place that anchors your spirit to connect with me as it is your heart posture. When you come to me as a child, your heart is intertwined with mine. Your inner child knows that she's united with me. There is no resistance, unbelief, or doubt in her. This is why I always want you to come to me as a child. That really stuck with me. Now I have one last story to bring this point home. When I was teaching a class for the Meet the Friend chapter in the Encountering the Love of God book, the teaching recording was lost. This was important for the students who were taking the class, and I wanted to get it back. It's a long story, and the recounting of it is completely included in my Meet the Miracle Worker chapter of the Encountering the Healing of God book. There was a six-week delay between the class on the friend and the class on the miracle worker. The Lord had said that he would answer my prayer about that missing recording in the miracle worker class. So I fully expected that in the midst of this class, the miracle worker would give me back this recording. Well, the miracle worker did show up, but definitely not in the way I expected. And what he did was even cooler than I expected, but that is for another podcast. It took many days after the miracle worker class before the miracle was identified. So backing up a few days, when I completed that class and the miracle worker had not shown up the way I expected... I was mad at God. Yes, you can get mad at God. He does not fall off his throne. That night, I showed up in my special place as my five-year-old self. But this time, I was wearing jammies. I marched up to the Lord, and I said, I'm not leaving here until you tell me why you did not give me that recording back. As it turned out, the miracle worker did show up but definitely not the way I expected. And the miracle was even cooler than I expected. But that's for another podcast. God responded, You asked me to show up as the miracle worker, and I did. It's just not the way you thought I would. You'll see. Then he led me to a wraparound porch that I had never noticed before in my special place. There was a child's bedroom there right on the patio. It had a canopy bed and a nightstand. Jesus picked me up and tucked me into bed. He kissed me on the forehead and told me that he loved me. Then he explained that what I had asked for was something I wanted, but it was not something I needed. And that the miracle that he actually did would bless many more people than just those who had hoped to receive that recording. The story is way too long to share here, but it will show up in a future episode about the miracle worker, But I can say that the lesson I learned from that experience is really one of the most valuable lessons I've learned in my Christian journey. The real spiritual anchor is my childlike faith. It's that little girl who abides in the special place. She's always there. She sleeps there, wakes up to a kiss on the forehead from the father. I don't just need to be in my special place to connect with God. I just need to connect with her because she is already perfectly connected to him. Okay, are you ready to encounter the Heavenly Father? If this is not a great time for you to do this encounter right now, that's okay. There are links below or on the Experience Jesus page of my website. All the encounters and all of my books are listed on the pages of my pattysadala.com website. And on my Podbean podcast website, 
which is pattyej.podbean.com. You can always find the links to any of the encounters or reference links that I speak about on each podcast. For best results, it's always wise to be in a quiet place and posture your heart before you have any of these encounters. Praise and worship enters his presence. Today's encounter is called Remember Me. Do not strive to think of a happy time as a child. I just want the Lord to pop into your spirit a memory of a happy time. It may not even be a memory that you're conscious of, so just allow him to show you which one to begin with. You will start by going to your special place, just as we walked you through in the trailer episode. If you have not listened to that trailer, you may want to do that to understand why this works and how it works. Or if you just want to be reminded of the experience of a special place, there's a link on the sidebar of the Podbean website or on the Experience Jesus page of my pattysadala.com site entitled Special Place. A quick reminder of what happens in the Special Place experience is that after you have postured your heart with praise and worship, you will find a quiet place, close your eyes, and explore your beautiful place on the screen of your mind by looking in all directions and tuning into every sense. That means seeing and hearing and smelling and feeling, sensing on your skin, all the things in that place. Without striving, relax and sense this environment. Each time you go to the special place, the Lord can reveal something new to you there. And then you will look for Jesus and he will show up. In this case, when you see Jesus in your special place, he will take you to a happy memory that he wants to experience with you. I like this to think of this experience as a bit like Scrooge, where you're there but not really there, watching yourself in the past. Allow yourself to experience this with Jesus as he guides you through this memory. Notice who's there. What are you doing? and especially what Jesus is doing with you. And then make sure you record this experience in your journal. Feel free to ask him any question you want about it. Stop this recording now and come back to it after you've had your experience. Well, I hope you were blessed by that encounter with Jesus and that you learned a lot today about the Heavenly Father and your inner child and the power of childlike faith. Make sure that you record your experiences with Jesus in your journal. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Subscribe, forward, check out all the links below. There will always be links connected to every episode to take you deeper and take you farther. And I just want to thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.